Welcome, everybody, to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Tommy? Oh, not much, dude. Just been a crazy, crazy week, but uh, got through it and been looking forward to to today because we get to talk about talk about some uh, racing, particularly the Chili Bowl Nationals, which was actually a really, really awesome week of racing. Uh, did you get to watch it all? I got to watch a couple of nights, and then, of course, I was watching playoff football Saturday, so I didn't catch the whole night of Saturday, but I I did manage to watch the whole feature, and it, it turned out to be a really good race. Yeah, the feature race was really good, We'll get, and we'll definitely get into that. It is tough to follow all the constellations and, and stuff because, you know, they had a, a, a P main. I mean, that's insane. So <laughs> to be able to follow all of those constellations on like you said on playoff saturday which is i mean if you're a football fan it's 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 a huge huge deal um it's it's actually it's funny because my friends who are football and i'm a football fan too um but i'm not i'm not a fan as they are to where it's like I, it's absolutely just die hard like i they live for the football season but some of them um they love the first weekend of the playoffs, but it also upsets them because they know that the season's coming to an end. And so it's like, you know, they're, they're all excited and, and it's like, Hey, you know, we get playoff football's finally here. It's great. And then they're like, but we've only got a few more weeks. And then I don't know what I'm going to do with my Sundays. Like they're like really torn about it. So yeah, big, uh, big playoff weekend. So it is tough to, it is tough to follow, you know, the, the, the P main when you got your, your football team playing, but yeah, we'll get into, we'll get into the chili bowl more and some of the qualifying nights and stuff. Cause yeah, it was a really, really uh good week of racing. And we also got to talk about our, our chili bowl driver draft and, and where our guys finished and how we did. So, um, definitely, definitely going to be fun. But before we get into that, I got some stuff that I want to cover. And this is something that I, we haven't talked about. And a lot of this happened right before um, I had gone to Mexico and we didn't we didn't cover it. Then we had gotten into some NASCAR stuff. And we we're talking about other stuff. But one of the things that I've been noticing and I've been really shocked by this is the this news that's out of F1 lately. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, I have been. An entrepreneur now for eight years, almost nine years now. And one thing that I've noticed with every single successful person that I have ever come across, and it does not matter if you are talking about somebody who literally makes YouTube videos for a living or guys who are, you know, pulling in a half a million dollars, right? You know, at these big fortune 500 uh, companies, like I, the ones that I know, they all have one thing in common and almost every single one of them to a man or woman will tell you that the the number one thing that you need to reach that level of success is perseverance. My coach in baseball who you know was drafted into the majors, he will tell you the same thing. It, you know, you perseverance, you cannot give up. And it's one thing that I try very very hard to constantly instill in my kids, especially in the society that we live today where a lot of stuff is considered you know, harmful to a child psyche, right? Well, we can't keep score in the baseball game because it'll hurt the feelings of the losers. Well, no, actually we need to keep score because there should be a loser because you can learn some of the best lessons in life by losing. 
I tell my son all the time, you know, he'll get frustrated. He's only eight. He'll get frustrated. He can't figure something out. I'm like, get up and try again. Don't give up. I'm like, dude, when you get into the real world, guess what's going to happen? No one's going to care. You don't want to try again. You're going to be screwed. You know, my daughter's 16. I tell her all the time. I'm like, be okay with failing because it's going to happen. Learn from it, push forward and be better by it. Right. I would not be where I am right now. Right. I am a professional sim racer and content creator, folks. I my job. Okay. How I feed my family. I sim race. Okay. Understand what that means. I play the a, a freaking video game for a living. This is what I do now. I've been doing this now since 2020. It's incredible. But folks, it, I had six years of failure before I got to that point. That didn't happen overnight. How much stuff I had to learn, you know, how hard I had to work. And when I see somebody like Lewis Hamilton, with all the news that is out about him, about him potentially going to retire after this whole championship race debacle where it's like it was stolen from him. I am so shocked and also just disappointed by that. Understand the respect and admiration I have for Lewis Hamilton. For those of you who don't know a lot about racing, right? Maybe you're race fans, but you're casual race fans. Maybe you're even a hardcore race fan, but you haven't, you didn't grow up at a racetrack like me or Keith did. Understand the rarity it is to have a black driver. Keith, how rare is that? Right? I mean, it, it's it's extremely I mean, it's rare. rare. It's you very rare. Yeah, it's very rare. It's why when Bubba Wallace wins last year at Talladega, it's so celebrated. And that's that's NASCAR. You're talking about the highest level of racing here in the U.S. Okay, it's the same across the board. You don't see a lot of black drivers, right? And it's for whatever reason, okay? Most of my black friends, when I was racing, they were like, dude, you're crazy. You ain't putting me in that thing. That's stupid, right? Like, <laughs> they're like, I'm going to go play basketball. So whatever reason it is, I don't know. But it's just rare. That's all there is to it. And Lewis Hamilton not only came up in a sport that there's very few black drivers, he came up in the most elitist of racing sports. Understand the level of elitism that is in the ranks when you're climbing up to F1, okay? You're talking about starting out in karting, okay? Karting in Europe is not like karting here in the U.S., Okay, understand that you have grown men who are carding in Europe that like they they make the that's like it's it's like high level stuff, right? They're they're having huge events, these carding international races. I mean, it's big time money. And these little carts are tens of thousands of dollars. And most every single F1 driver that has reached the highest level where they're at, they come from money. Not all of them, right? And not all of them come from, you know, a ton of wealth, but you have to have money to race at that level. To reach F1, you have to be doing all the local events, all the big, you know, international events. You And you have to keep climbing the ranks until you get those sponsors. And Lewis Hamilton tells stories about his family working multiple jobs, about, you know, them not having money because his family's sacrificing stuff so he can cart. And not only that, all of the just racism and stuff that he went through as he climbed through the top we can sit there and we can say whatever we want about why there's not enough diversity in racing the bottom line is is there are people 
who are absolutely racist and bigoted towards a driver like Lewis Hamilton, right? You go look up those clowns who did blackface at, I can't remember the track. It was like Silverstone or something like that, mocking Lewis Hamilton. It's absolutely ridiculous. And he's dealt with that stuff his entire life, right? The man is literally the model of perseverance. So for me to see that he is actually talking about retirement because of this, it just blows my mind. And I don't understand it. And it, like I said, it really disappoints me because to me, he is somebody, I don't know him personally, right? I know nothing about the guy, okay? All, I, all I've heard is stories and what I've seen on, on Netflix specials, right? Like that's all I know about him. Other than the fact that he is a absolute model of perseverance in the terms of if you want something, don't, don't quit get back up and and go at it again and that's what he has done and i'm absolutely shocked that him retiring is a legitimate conversation and now it's there's a report today where it is said Zach Brown who is the McLaren chief executive right he's talking about that he would not be shocked if the driver left um after he after he lost the title now folks we can talk about how that race ended and we can talk about all we want about how that shouldn't have happened and the FIA shouldn't have made that call but here's the thing at the end of the day the FIA has a system set up where their gray area is absolutely enormous okay now i do not run anything compared to the FIA nowhere near that close nowhere near close okay but i can tell you just in my own business in the league races that i run for sim racing gray area always allows this type of stuff to happen you need to make everything as black and white as you possibly can because when you have situations that can potentially pop up like this and you have one person making the call at the most critical juncture of the entire season you're going to get these types of problems but Lewis Hamilton is no different than the New Orleans Saints team that got screwed over two years in a row of the playoffs, right? They aren't. They're no different than that baseball player who got struck out, you know, at the bottom of the ninth because the umpire made a dumb call. He's not. He's no different than them. And what I think he should do, because he's done it his whole life, and obviously I'm not him, but he should come back next season and be like, okay, now I'm going to kick all your asses. It's what he should do. Is he going to? I don't know. Time will only tell. But it's just, I wanted to talk about this because to me, it's so sad to see somebody who has literally been a model of how you would want yourself and your kids. Like if I wanted to show my kids an example of this is what you need to do if you want to succeed, I would show them an example of Lewis Hamilton. And it just saddens me to see that this is actually something that's on the freaking table after that debacle in Abu Dhabi. Keith, what do you think about all? I know you're not an F1 guy, but what do you think about all this? I just, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a chicken shit move. Yeah, see, that's I mean, my thing too. It, it'd be a lot like Tom Brady retiring. Because he didn't win the Super Bowl. Years ago, because he didn't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. He didn't win a playoff game. It's yeah. like, come on now, you got to have a redemption season for losing a championship. Yeah. you got to come back to redeem yourself. I mean, at least I would. Yeah. And look, I know I would. And look, I get the being upset part. I really do. Because look, he had the opportunity. He was one lap away from doing something that's never been done. He could have won his eighth championship. The run that he was on was absolutely insane. He could have 
surpassed Michael Schumacher, right? And basically cemented himself as the GOAT. Okay, now we can sit and we can talk all we want about, you know, the Nicky Laudas and the Art and Senna's and all these other guys who, you know, had shortened careers and, you know, got hurt or whatever, right? Because the sport was obviously way different back then. But the bottom line is, is you cannot talk about the greatest race card, not just F1, the greatest drivers of all time, the world, right? To ever step foot into a cockpit of a car lewis hamilton is on that list and so to get that close to what could be your last shot at an eighth championship and have it you feel like it taken away i understand the frustration but going out like this is just to me it's just horrible and like you said come back i i get it the cars are going to be different next year the domination of the mercedes we might not see it anymore but just come back, try it. Like, don't, don't go out that way because that just seems like you're letting something break you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, you know, and it would be one thing if, if Lewis Hamilton came out and he said, you know what, man, I got beat. And the call that you made is what the call that you made. But until we actually fix some of these stupid issues, I'm done racing. I can understand that if he was just like, look, you guys, you don't want to have you guys want to have these stupid rules. I'm not coming back until you get rid of these stupid rules. I could understand that, but that's not what it is. It's this like, woe is me. You know, I got screwed over. I can't believe it. I'm so upset and depressed. Like that's what now look, he hasn't really come out and talked. This is all what we're hearing from everybody. So it could be completely different behind the scenes. It's just been multiple people who have been saying this, that he is like so distraught that like he's going to retire. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I I just it's really upsetting. I would love to see him back on the track, not just for the fact that I like watching a race because I think he's a phenomenal race car driver, but it would just be like you said, come back and make it a point. You know what I mean? Come back and win that championship. So it'll only we'll only know for sure when we get to, you know preseason testing here which is in about another month or so so like i said only time will tell but yeah i'm just i just wanted to i wanted to rant on that because that had me that had me upset that had me really upset over over the last couple of weeks but. well and and to add to that and i don't really pay attention to indycar till the indy 500 um it'd be a lot like jimmy johnson throwing in the towel after yeah. the part-time season he had in indycar i mean yeah. come on you're champion you want to go for the seventh or eighth or whatever he's going yeah. for, go for it. Yeah. I mean, even, even like Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR, mm-hmm. if he didn't win, say, his sixth Cup season, do you think he'd retire? No. Well, no. Uh-uh. no he, so. He's digging and keep grinding to go get that sixth, go get that seventh. I mean, in my eyes, as a former Formula One champ, I mean, I, I don't see how you could go out that way. Go out on yeah. the bottom, or would yeah. you rather go out on the top? Yeah, that's that's my thing, too. And I just, um, you know, if he, if he's, if he's lost the love of racing and stuff like that, then, you know, you, you have to, you have to call it quits. Art and Senate said it best. The day that you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a race car driver. You need to retire. Um, so if he, if this is like, so distraught him that made him, you know, just so upset that he just lost that, that fight and that hunger, then he shouldn't get behind the wheel. But I don't think it's that. I don't think he's lost the fight and the hunger. I mean, I think it's just. I I don't I don't I don't know man. It's just mind blowing to me. Um, I I just yeah I don't understand it. And like I said, it's just really upsetting when somebody that um I 
have watched for years. Um, I had a, a gap in there for, you know, four or five years where I stopped watching F1, um, religiously watching it, but, you know, kind of stay still followed it somewhat, you know, kind of just kept up on the stuff going on news, internet, you know, watch clips, video, stuff like that. Um, and you know, someone who's come along and been, like I said, one of the best to ever do it. Um, and who have gone through what he went through to get on that path, right. Being, being black, you know, coming from not, you know, not coming from money and, and it, all the work that his parents had to put in, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, to see him reach the heights that he's reached and now be at this point, it's just, it's sad, man. So hopefully, hopefully he'll come back and, 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 you know, redeem, redeem himself and, and, you know, kind of stick it to the FIA or whatever. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but yeah, just wanted to, just wanted to get that off my chest. But next you guys, we are going to be diving into the chili bowl nationals. Um, it was a awesome week of racing. Um, it was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to be talking about our our five drivers. How did we do? Who won our uh, Chili Bowl driver draft? So that'll be coming up next. All right, you guys. So we wrapped up the Chili Bowl Nationals on Saturday. It was an awesome, awesome ending to what was an awesome week of racing. I missed the first night. Um, I did go back on Tuesday and watch, you know, some replays and recaps of it and stuff like that. Um, then caught, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night I was working. So once again, I missed, missed it and I had to go back and watch it and then caught Saturday. And it was just an awesome, uh, week of racing. I know we talked about it, um, for the chili bowl, Keith wanting to go back there and, the the show that they've got now with the number of cars and drivers they've got now it's 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 back on my list of places that I need to, even though I've been there you know a couple of times already and I've seen it in action it's such an enormous I mean it's so much bigger than what it was when I went back in the early 2000s um I I just want to go back and watch it again yeah and I mean and it it's just going to continue to grow and get bigger and with the age restrictions gone, and I mean that's just going to help it grow. Yeah, I mean you see Keith Coons pull into the pits with fifteen cars. Yeah, 15. I know, I know it was crazy, Insane. absolutely crazy. I just could not believe it. Um, <laughs> I remember one of the years that we went, he had four drivers, and that was one of the biggest teams there. Um, I think the most that any one team had was four drivers. We had four cars. Keith Coons had four cars. And there was one other one at that time that had like four cars. And that was like a big, big deal. And he now comes in. He's got, you know, he needs multiple haulers just to bring all these damn things. And it's like, dude, that's absolutely nuts. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's only going to get bigger. And it's, um, it's been just a... Uh, it's just been the, it's just the biggest, I mean, it's just, or I shouldn't say the biggest, but I mean, cause you know, people will always argue that, but in my opinion, it's the biggest dirt midget race of the year. And it's, it's one of the biggest dirt races of the year of all forms of dirt racing. It's just incredible. And we had another awesome week of racing. So quickly to kind of recap, we had our, our, uh, winners and i'm gonna i want to go back through because 
night one, we had, uh, God dang it. I'm trying to find it real quick. And I just, I just cut it out. I hit the wrong button. Um, night one, uh, Tanner Carrick got the win in the, uh, qualifying night one and Tyler Courtney who was on my team um, finished second place and for those of you guys who don't remember our five drivers that we got Keith had Christopher Bell, Timez, Justin Grant, JJ Yaley and Tanner Thorson. I had Kyle Larson, Rico Breu, Ryland Gray, Brad Sweet and Tyler Courtney so I was pretty happy on Monday night when one of my guys made it to the feature I was like yes that's good good start um and on night number two, uh, you know, it, it continued. And the thing that I really, that I was happy to see this year was the fact that we were seeing different people win the qualifying nights. That was, I was really happy when I saw um, Buddy Kofoid win on Tuesday night. Like that, I, I was really happy about that. Like I was pulling for Kyle Larson, right? That's one of the guys I, I picked, but it was nice to see somebody else win, you know? And Buddy Kofoid was flat flying. Oh my God, dude. He was so fast. And your boy Timez, who finished fifth in the feature on Tuesday night, he was flying too. And he had actually had some tough luck earlier on in the night. He had got tangled up with somebody in his heat race, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah. because of the format and the way that they do things with the passing points and all the stuff that they do, he was able to come back and score a top five in the A main. And that set him up for a very, he put him in a very good position on uh, Saturday. So yeah, it was, it, it was really off to a good start with, with Carrick and then Kofoid winning. Like I, when I, when I saw Tuesday night, I knew that I was like, man, this is going to be different. I think like, I was like, I don't think we're going to see the same winner. I think we're going to see a new winner. Now, of course, Wednesday night, <laughs> Rico put all of that to bed as he came out and literally won for, I think it's the sixth time in a row. He's won. His he's just so fast at the chili bowl. <laughs> yeah. He just dominates that qualifying night, man. So yeah, so Rico got he won on he won on Wednesday night and we our teams actually were looking pretty good. So Rico was on my team, he got first. Your boy uh did you have Kevin Thomas Jr.? Oh no, no, you didn't have Kevin Thomas Jr. Not. He was on the list, that's right. Um and then Brad Sweet for me finished 6. So I was actually pretty happy going in, man. I I thought I thought I was looking pretty good. Now my boy Ryland did have a tough night in his heat race on um, on his qualifying night, got and then he got hit and lost a, a wheel cover later on in the consolation, and so he he had to really work through the soup on Saturday. We'll get to that, but yeah. So, um, Rico, yeah, he's just that guy's so good, man. Um, uh, you put him at a midget, and he like turns it to a whole new level. He really does, man. He really does. And look, I think he's a phenomenal sprint car driver. But dude, though, for whatever reason, man, when he's in that midget, he's just a monster. He really is, dude. I would like I to almost, see him run more of them. I was about to say the same thing. I almost wish he would go back full time in a midget. Yeah. Just because he's exciting to watch. Yes, he, and he's so good. I mean, I understand why he's doing more sprint car racing. They're going to be running 
a lot more outlaw shows this year. I think he said he's running like a I big just chunk of them. I've yeah. Seen what's open to run the whole schedule. Yeah. So I know that he's going to, you know, he's trying to run for, for points or at least close to it, like 80% of it or something like that was the, is their hopes. But, and I get it. A lot of that has to do with, we talked about it before the financial aspect of it, you know, the, the wing sprint car events, there's just so much more, um, money in terms of the payouts and stuff like that than than the midgets and the the non-wing sprint cars so i understand it but yeah it would be it would be awesome to see him run more more uh midgets so thursday night we got a really didn't know it at the time but we got a a, a pretty interesting preview of what we would see saturday because christopher bell won and tanner dorson got second and bell once again just like rico Abreu, i mean you put him in a midget at the chili bowl and it's just, i mean you put him in a midget and he's fast but you do it at the chili bowl and it's just another level um you could almost you could almost guarantee like there's there's a there's a couple of drivers you know Christopher Bell, Rico Abreu, uh, Kyle Larson, right? You got like, there's like three or four drivers that you could pretty much guarantee that if you put them in a midget at the Chili Bowl, they're going to be like top five on Saturday night. You know what I mean? Like it's almost, it's almost a certainty as, as you can, as much of a certainty as you can get in racing. Yeah. Those guys just, they turn into a whole new level. And and a lot of it's got to do with the prestige of the Chili Bowl. Well, yeah. And that's the thing that, you know, we, in other sports, you know, we talk about this and you being a, a, an NFL fan, right? We hear about this all the time, right? Where they'll talk about this when it comes to quarterbacks or head coaches or whatever, right? Like, oh, they do good in the regular season, but they don't deliver in the playoffs, right? Or you look at someone like Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods could win 10 tournaments in a year, but if he doesn't win one of the majors, it's a failed year, right? Like that was the way that it was. Or you look at someone like Roger Federer in tennis or, you know, I mean, Djokovic or Nadal, like all those guys. I mean, they're some of the greatest of all time and they're all playing at the same time. Um, But it's always about the big events and the Chili Bowl is one of those things, right? Like it's one of those races where, you know, we talked about it before the race where legends are made. You you win the Chili Bowl and it's it's a big deal. It's like the Daytona 500 in NASCAR, right? You could do nothing the entire year. You win the Daytona 500. God dang, if that wasn't a good year, you know. Well, so, look, at, look at Michael McDowell winning. Yeah. The look at the exposure it got for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, That's and, a little team. I mean, yeah. could you imagine being a little team going to the Chili Bowl and knocking off it? the bigger names? Exactly. And that's the beautiful thing about it is that that opportunity is there because it's the chili bowl, right? If you got a guy who can wheel, you know, now the cars, we talked about this, it's like the wild west. And did you notice what all the drive, what a lot of the drivers were doing with the, the driver compartments, how they were basically, they turned the compartment into almost like a wing, how they had it sealed off with the thing up top. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, Brandon Garman pointed that out to me. He was like, look, these guys are making like winks. I was like, what? And when he was showing us, I was like, oh my God, they are, you know, like you could see all these guys doing that. But you know, like you were talking about last year with Timez, right. Where they were running those different, uh, different hubs. And so, yeah, you know, if you are one of the bigger teams, you can do stuff like that, but you don't have to do that to win. If you can get yourself a decent car and you're a wheelman, you can go out and have a phenomenal run and really make a name for yourself. And that's what the Chili Bowl will do. I mean, you know, to be honest, I 
was, I mean, obviously I was following dirt racing and racing in general, but I didn't know of Christopher Bell until I had seen that he won the Chili Bowl. That was when I really like dove in and was like, God, who is this kid? Right. It wasn't until he had won the Chili Bowl. That was when he caught my attention, because at that time I wasn't following every single racing series. Right. Like I am like I am right now. And Christopher Bell wasn't coming through California. Right. He wasn't coming through here and running, you know, Silver Dollar Speedway and stuff like Rico comes through here all the time. Right. I mean, he lives out west. But Christopher Bell wasn't like I didn't learn of him until he won the Chili Bowl. So. It was cool to see a lot of these guys who, you know, uh, drivers that we didn't expect win these nights. And it all started with those qualifiers. Now on, what was it? Friday, Friday night. Oops, hit the wrong one. Friday night, it was uh, Justin Grant was the one that won. And I, I, I was actually really happy to see that. I was actually really happy to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And second. he looked phenomenal. Yes. And he looked so fast. Yeah. For him to, you know, because it, it, it almost seems, it's almost seems backwards, you know, because Stenhouse Jr., he was in NASCAR, right? Like he had gone, you know, I remember when he was coming up and was like this big, hot, you know, he was supposed to be like the next big young gun. And he didn't have you know, this huge glorious career in NASCAR, but now he's doing this dirt stuff and he's freaking awesome, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's great to see those guys running. I, I love seeing the, the guys that came from dirt to go to NASCAR and then go back to dirt yes. and start doing dirt racing love like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yes. A couple wing races last year. I, mm -hmm. I love seeing that. Yeah, it's awesome, man. You know, Chase Elliott was another one. Like he did, he was another guy who put in a a good show, um, in the in the Chili Bowl this year. And you know, I I gotta give mad props to Chase. Yes, for, for stepping out of his comfort zone and jumping in a dirt midget and then a three sixty wing car out west and then going to the Chili Bowl for a second time. I don't think he's done midget racing. I really don't. No, he's only done midget racing this year. His yeah. First time racing a midget was um he ran a couple of races before the Chili Bowl last year. Like he basically came out and was just like, "All right, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna run the biggest midget event of the year." And yeah. you know, I mean, obviously he's got Kyle Larson there to help him, right? Like if you're if you need help in anything dirt racing, Kyle Larson might be you know top three people to guide you right so he's had excellent help in that but it regardless he was not a dirt racer he didn't come from dirt he never and ran it, dirt and, and like last year when he jumped in the midget for chase briscoe you yeah. can't ask for a better a better family to jump in their midget because kevin briscoe chase's dad was a legend non-wing sprint car driver then turned himself into Probably, I would say, one of the best dirt crew chiefs at the time when he was wrenching on Damien Gardner's car, and then he moved over to Chase's stuff. And then last year, he was helping with uh, Paul May and Chase Briscoe and, and Chase Elliott. And I think I kind of helped Chase, and then Kyle and Chase linked up this year, and I think that really pushed him to the next level. I'm going to make a prediction that Chase Br Chase 
Elliott doesn't stop racing midgets till he wins a midget race. Uh, yeah, and I don't think he'll stop racing after. He, I think he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's dirt. Yeah, yeah. I stuck. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a dirt racer now. And that's uh, one of the things that we talked about this um, only a little bit, but that was one of the things that I was really happy about with the kind of the way that they're redoing the the weekend for the NASCAR races. Right. So you don't have this whole week of practice and qualifying and all this stuff like this. And now it's it's a much shorter format. And I think that is going to allow a lot of these guys to do a lot more dirt racing and stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. I think NASCAR is going to start embracing it. I really do. They, well, gonna, they should. And I'm going to make another bold prediction. I, I feel like Chase Elliott will be a midget car owner soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I've noticed with a lot of these guys is um, they they all get into car owning, whether it's sprint cars, midget, stuff like that. You know, uh, Casey Kane. I mean, I, I remember when my buddy used to work for Casey Kane. Um, he worked on Casey's sprint car team when Casey first started it. And he would tell stories about, I don't know if it was like, you know, an assistant or an accountant or something like that of Casey, where he would be telling Casey, like, why are you, he's like, you're losing money on this. Why are you spending money on this? What's the deal? And he's just like, this is what I do. I love it. This is, he's like, I love it. This is what I do. And 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 this is how those guys are. I was so bummed out when Casey Kane shut down his non-wing and midget team. A buddy of mine, Fuzz Lyons, that lives in Ohio, was one of the crew guys on his non-wing midget program. And then. When it closed, he went to work for Tony Stewart. But I mean, look look at the talent that Casey Kane had on his yeah. non wing side, on his mm-hmm. midget side. I mean, he gave Brady Bacon a shot. He gave oh, he gave Brad Sweet a yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. And then when the team closed down, he made a spot for Brad Sweet and his outlaw team. Now yep. look at it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wow. pretty sm- pretty smart move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a very smart move. It definitely paid off for him. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was cool, you know, bring this back around. It's, it's cool to see those, those NASCAR guys do well. And, you know, Stenhouse Jr. to get second on the qualifying night was awesome. And, and speaking of Casey Kane, Casey got eighth that night on, on Friday night. And, and he looked good. Yeah. He looked really good. Looked really and good. I'm going to hit on the Justin Grant one in his prelim night. Justin set the tone of the race of champions for his weekend. Yes. He, he dominated that race. I'm not going to say he dominated his prelim because he was him and him and Stenhouse Jr. were going blow for blow. And I, I think it was one of the best prelim nights that I watched. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was a really good prelim night. Other than Saturday night. Saturday yeah, night Saturday was night was cool. awesome. Yeah, and that's remi- that reminds me. We didn't cover the race of champions, man. Yeah, that they ran that, and it was, a, it was an awesome race. And it was the freaking who's who of drivers that that lineup was insane dude with justin grant kyle larson bell tanner thorson blake con abreu sunshine chase elliott brad sweet you had sammy swindell brady bacon darren Pittman, buddy kofa like it was a who's who's list of not just open wheel you know not just non-wing you know midget sprint car of, of just dirt racing and it was an awesome awesome thing to see and yeah you're right justin grant he set the tone man he was he was fast in that race dude really yeah. fast and, and it got my blood pumping for saturday because i was like yep yeah, he, he's two for two for the weekend yeah he was man like, i three for three <laughs> yeah i was i 
I really thought that he was, I mean, he had set himself up, man. Like I thought he was going to be the car to beat. Yeah. And it just, um, he uh, didn't, didn't get the, the overall finish. And look, like we said, if you make the feature on Saturday night, that is, it's such a success, right? Yeah. If you are a Christopher Bell or a Rico or a, a Larson or something like that, right. Where you're always finishing up at towards the front. Yeah. You're coming in with the goal that every, I mean, everybody wants to win, but the expectation of you is to be running up front for the win. And for a lot of these guys, even for the best drivers, right? Right. Even a sunshine or a Justin Grant or a Chris Windham, right? Like making the feature is a huge huge accomplishment because think about the drivers that didn't make it right like i mean you're talking about brad sweet didn't make it out of the b main um you know casey kane didn't make it out of the b main uh david gravel uh donnie shots right like those types of guys didn't make it you know what i mean alex bowman right phenomenal driver had to run the c main you know what i mean like it, it's the level of of talent in the consolations is it's huge it's insane and like we said earlier what was there a p main like <laughs> yeah that's, yeah so crazy yeah you know it, it was just absolutely crazy well we were talking about uh before the show started you were talking about we were talking about um rylan's run through the soup well your boy jj had to go through the soup too well jj was in the e the e feature think about that Exactly. And if you start on the tail of the E-feature and you got to finish in the top two, that is tough. Yes. Then you got to turn around, go up the chute, get the car ready for the very next race. Yes. And it's just, it's a constant. It makes your day go. Oh, it's so long. And look, he was out there with, he's in the E-feature with Logan Seavey. I mean, ring a bell? You're talking about one of the best drivers in USAC, right? Logan Seavey, Jerry Coons Jr. Like, these guys are studs. Parker Price Miller in the freaking E feature. Like that, it, the 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 level of talent was just insane. I mean, and with almost 400 cars, you know, you just, you had to have a good qualifying night. And those guys who didn't, I mean, really, when we go back, if you go back and you look at the qualifying night results, if you're not finishing, I mean, not just making the A main and on your qualifier, but if you're not finishing in the top 12, in the a main on your qualifier you're really setting yourself up for a tough road yeah you you if you finish outside the top 12 you you dug yourself a hole yes it's it's a tough hole to get out of i'm not saying you can't because you can yes you can it's a big grind it's a hard grind but there's a lot of guys that could do it i mean Mm -hmm. Sammy just about did it yes he was was flying Mm mm-hmm but yeah, it's the chili bowl. It's short track racing gear. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a lot of fun to watch, man. It was, um, that was the, this was the first year in, oh my God, probably eight, eight years that I was able to catch as much of it live as I did this year. Normally with the chili bowl, um, even, Last year, because I was I was working at my other job, my you know I had my day job that I had. Um, I was working a lot more days at it. I only got to catch like one qualifying night and then part of Saturday. 
So this was the first year in a long time that I got to literally watch a bunch of the qualifying nights and most of Saturday. And it was, um, it was, just, it was awesome, man. It was just awesome racing the whole week. Oh, and, the race was really good. Oh yeah. It set the tone for Saturday. Yep. And then, and we, and that's what, you know, brings us to the feature, you know, the, the, the start of the feature, you know, it's 55 laps, which it's so funny, you know, we talked about how Chili Bowl can get racy pretty fast. And, you know, they had went out and basically reworked to that track. And by the end of, you know, by the, not even the end, by the, like the halfway point of that feature, it was really starting to come in. You know, the first few laps, everybody's kind of just running that bottom middle. Yeah, some people are up around the top, but they're kind of running through the bottom and the middle. And after that thing gets worked in some, you really saw some good racing. And your boy Bell, you know, he was on the pole. And he jumped out, and he was running away with it there. Um, I was like, I don't think anyone's going to catch him. You know, he was looking really, really fast. Well, not just looking fast. He was fast. I mean, oh, he, he, was he was freaking a whole, yeah. whole different level of fast. Yeah, he was fast, man. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sure what Tanner Thorson found to catch him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, that he caution, that caution bunched him back up. Yeah, and then... Dorson was able to get around him. And that was the thing that was so shocking because, you know, those, and then you, you really had a good battle up there, right? Like you with, with, uh, uh, Kofoid and, and, uh, Abreu, Larson, like there was, there was some good racing up front and Dorson was able to get around him. And it was, uh, yeah, it was an incredible move. And I, I thought for sure, um, because Abreu was right there too in the middle, to, you know, of the race there, and I thought Rico was gonna with those guys running like that. I thought Rico was gonna have a chance, and Tanner just he was gone, man. He there nobody had anything for him. Yeah, um, they they they, they just, threw blows at each other, and then yeah. Tanner was like, "Yep, peace out, I'm out." Yep, and just he, he flat just out drove him. Yeah, I was I was like, wow, uh, that's impressive. Because like all week, I wanted to smack talk. Yes. Like, hey, my driver's <laughs> two for two. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Like, I'll, I'll leave it alone because my two guys are starting up front. My yep. luck, I'd I'd start smack talking, and they take each other out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. How it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but man, the the racing was was incredible. I was surprised by how fast the track got racy Saturday night. Uh huh. Like yep. it, I was worried because they, I mean, hell, they worked on the track for what an hour. It yeah, like they. Hour. It seems like they worked on it a really long time, man. I, I was real worried that the top wouldn't come in as quick as it did. Yeah, when it when it came in, it was there. Yeah, and it was good, man. You know those guys. You know those last ten laps where, where you know Thorson and Bell are battling with each other for the lead, and they're in an absolute hornet's nest of lap traffic. I mean, you've got. I mean, there. It's just cars everywhere and how how he was able to you know with you know it must have been what was it five or six laps to go um bell was able to he got around thorson there was a bunch of cars there was like it was like three wide right in front of him coming out of turn two and bell throws that slider on tanner and and gets around him and then they they they, those guys in front of him wreck and flip. And it was it, it, obviously 
it went in the favor of, of Tanner. He was able to get the lead back because Bell had not been ahead of him for any length of time uh, before that caution came out. But once that lap traffic was gone, that was where I was like, oof, I don't know if Bell's going to get him. And then, of course, I was, I was like, well, obviously, you know, first restart, he throws a slider. Thorson cuts underneath him, and once Bell jumped that cushion, that's where when he did that, that's when I was like, oh, he's gone. And, and he's if gone. you were, and if you were paying attention real close when that wreck happened, mm-hmm. Tanner Thorson got got a little bit of contact out of it. Yeah, he did. He did, but not enough to obviously mess up. No, yeah, it, it wasn't nothing that broke his car or anything. But yeah, it was. Uh, that's it was just a... how tight the field was. Oh yeah, and how narrow the racetrack got. I mean. It could have been a blow to Tanner. It really yeah. could have. Yeah, it could have been, man. But yeah, he was able to uh, to uh, to just pull away there at the end. You know, once when Bell jumped that cushion, which was like three or four laps to go, when that happened, um, I I was like, up, oh, he's got it. I mean, he the only way that Bell was going to catch him, in my opinion, was a caution or a mistake on Thorson's part, and I didn't think he was going to make a mistake. And it was just, yeah, it was an awesome ending, man, to see. Tanner Thorson and Christopher Fell up there with, you know, Rico and Buddy Kofoid and Kyle Larson literally right there behind him. And those guys were battling like crazy too. Um, it was just, yeah, it was an awesome, awesome race, man. Um, uh, that was one of the best chili bowls I've seen. Um, you know, even the ones that I went to in person, like they were awesome. You know, it was awesome to be there, obviously, but the racing um, especially that last night was, it was good. You know, the year that I went, the first year that I went, um, Corey Cruzman had won and like, actually, no, I take that back. Excuse me. Dan Bors won the first year that I went when we watched Corey Cruzman won the year that we, we ran. Um, and it was, it was good racing and it was cool to be there, but there, the, they did not have the battle up front that these guys had and you know nothing against nothing against Dan Bors right like he was an awesome midget driver but he was not back then he was not at the level of Christopher Bell and Tanner Thorson and Kyle Larson and those to have those guys battling up front like that was just oh, it was awesome it was awesome oh, it, man it was it was I think it was one of the best chili bowls I've watched just yeah I mean, you don't see the track get as racy as it did that weekend. I mean, yeah. the whole weekend, the race. The whole weekend, man, it was racy. really racy. I, yeah, I'm with you, I man. Think it was, it the was really racy. Fastest racetrack, as far as the Chili Bowl goes, that I've seen in a long while. Yeah. And and so. another nugget for the Chili Bowl, the big screen that they have going into turn one. I guess they're moving it next year. Oh, really? <laughs> so guys can't use it to block. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought about that. That's that's a. That's genius. I would have never yeah. thought about that using that big screen to block, man. I would never there, have there thought about that. I have an interview that he was like, yeah, I was looking at the big screen going into one, and I was, I could see where he was going, so I just moved there with him. <laughs> like, like, the guy that puts the chili bowl on now was like, yeah, we're going to take that big screen, and we're going to move it over into turn two where the guys yeah. can't really see it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's, that's funny. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> then, man. I know Kyle Larson was using the big screen – because the Ward Outlaws will bring a big screen to most uh-huh. of the race. And 
when they came to Lawrenceburg, he used it there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I would have never thought about that, man. That's genius, dude. That's next level. Oh, that's why those guys are so good. And that's so, why Kyle Larson is a NASCAR champ. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's pretty much it with the Chili Bowl. Now we've got our our driver draft. Now, really, I just as a reminder, I told you guys before, Keith had Christopher Bell, Timez, Justin Grant, Tanner Thorson, and J.J. Yaley. I had Kyle Larson, Rico Abreu, Brad Sweet, Tyler Courtney, and Rylan Gray. So Keith won. Um, obviously his driver, Tanner Thorson won the race, but his, he had, he had first and second place. Um, he had Timez also, uh, who finished, you know, Meserol was what? 10th. Yeah. He finished 10th in the feature. Um, Justin Grant finished 16th. Um, basically four out of your five drivers made the a main on the final night. And the only one that didn't was JJ Yaley, who we talked about a few minutes ago in the E main. I feel like the dirt draft version of Keith Coons right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking pretty good. I mean, I had gotten three in there with, uh, with, with sunshine Rico and, and Larson. And I thought Brad sweet had a shot to make the feature. And he did. I mean, he was in the, he was in the B main on Saturday and he had a he was starting 10th um you know did not get the finish that you know he ended up dropping back in the field which was really unlike him usually he he, he doesn't do that usually he's moving forward but um he ended up dropping back so that one that one really hurt and then my man Ryland like we talked about he had to he was down deep in the soup you know he started in the K main um made it to the I was able to actually drive through him and uh old Sammy Swindell, um, Ryland actually, he, he started fifth in the K main and ended up winning it, which was, was pretty cool to see. And then he got through the J and then was in, got to the, uh, what was it? The I and, uh, ended up DNF and had a, had a, had an issue there. So, so you, Keith ends up winning the, in wins up the winning the chili bowl driver draft. So good job on you, man. You, you picked a good team. So, <laughs> I'll be waiting for my golden driller. There no, you I'm go. Just, exactly. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to actually do, I've, I'm already working on it because this gave me an idea. And I, I actually talked about, I did something like this last year before you got on when we were doing, when I was talking about the, the playoffs in NASCAR, I did kind of like a, if you, if the drivers were a stock, how much would their price be? And so I'm actually working on something right now where we're going to we're going to pick some drivers before Daytona and we're going to we're going to treat them almost like a team slash stock price and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we'll uh, I got something I'm working on for that. So that'll be coming when we do um, when we get to Daytona. But that's pretty much, you know, in terms of racing now, we got to we got to wait. We got about a month until. Daytona and the dirt car nationals and all that stuff comes up. Dirt car nationals is in, I shouldn't say a month. It's actually like three weeks. I think now. Yeah. It's something like that. Is it? I think a a bunch of the big outlaw late model teams are actually headed to Florida. I think they got a practice night tonight. Oh, really? I I think. Is it the, what is, is it the, it's usually the week leading up to is it the week leading up to Daytona? It used to be going on during Daytona. Um, and I'm trying to remember what day. Let me look at the schedule real quick. So Dirt Car Nationals. Oh, so 17 days. It's February 7th. 
Set February seventh. Okay. So that's that's when that is going to Yeah, so uh, they're they're getting ready for the Sunshine Nationals January twentieth and twenty second. Yes, okay, there you go. Sunshine Nationals, okay. They'll kick their weekend off or their season off this weekend. Yep. So that's crazy, man, that dark car racing is already already getting back up, man. Doesn't it doesn't have you know, the, the, remember there used to be an off season for a few months, and now you know they've off got the. Schumann. Nope. Now they've got the. Now you've got the indoor racing season, and you've got the the winter season. I mean, it's just it's just nonstop. I mean, man. think about think about his travel schedule. Go to yeah. the Chili Bowl, spend how many ever days he spent there, mm-hmm. and then turn around, fly home, spend some time with his family. All right, I gotta go to Florida now. Yep. But I, I think they travel with him. So. Yeah. I well, I would hope so. Um, you know, if you're traveling that much, God, I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, you you're not going to see your kids grow up, man. So. Oh no. That, uh, I mean, that's 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 the downfall to working in motorsports. Yep. So, all right, you guys. Well, before we wrap it up, we're gonna do a uh, ask Keith and Tommy segment. I'm actually setting up a new email for this, you guys. Um, you can keep emailing them right now to just ask Tommy 35. But I'm gonna set up a new email for me and Keith. Um, because I'm actually working on I've I've got somebody designing new logos for the show now now that it's me and Keith, stuff like that. So I got a, some new stuff that we'll be rolling out here. Um so the email right now is asktommy35 at gmail.com, but that'll be changing soon. And uh, Jason wasted no time here asking me and Keith. Uh now that Tanner Thorson has won the chili bowl, who do you think is the favorite in 2023? <laughs> well jason i would tell you this much and um you know we just talked about it uh you know these guys that that win this i mean they it's you know it's actually really funny because going back brian clausen was the last non-repeat winner of the chili bowl and what i mean by that is is every driver who had won it uh, since uh, basically you had Kevin Swindell who won four in a row, then Clawson won it. And then ever since then, everybody who has won it has won it multiple times. So Abreu won it twice, Bell won it three times, Larson won it two times, right? So you had this streak where these guys win it and it's like, they just keep knocking it off. And so Tanner Thorson winning this year. I mean, Keith's right. He's, he's obviously one of the favorites. Now, uh, you know, you, you can't count out, Larson or Bell or Abreu or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like those guys are always going to be there. But um, so is that would be, would that be your pick Keith Tanner Thorson's the favorite for next year in the Chili Bowl? I mean, it would, it would have to be automatic because he won this year, but I, I mean, I'm in a complete agreement with you. I mean, your, your top guys will always be your favorites. Yeah, to win. exactly. Yeah. Um, but with it being the Chili Bowl, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. I mean, we've seen it this week. You have a bad qualifying night, heat race, or even a bad prelim. You're you're look at Logan Seavey. Didn't yeah. even make the show. Yeah. So I mean, next year it could happen to any of them guys. But I'd say your your top your top five guys of Thorson Bell, Brayu, mm-hmm. Larson, Timez, Grant, Wyndham. They're going to yeah. be your Tyler favorites. Courtney. Yep. And Courtney. Yep. You know, those guys are, they're, they're always going to be up there. So yeah, Jason, that would be, that would be our picks. Um, you know, obviously you could have somebody who, you know, comes out of, out of left field and, and wins it. But I mean, until, 
until those guys hang it up, it's going to be hard to, to pick against them. Uh, I wouldn't them. bet against them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, thanks for the question, man. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks for watching. But, you guys, that's going to do it all for this week for three wide in the middle. A lot of fun. Uh, we will be back again on February 3rd. And then we've got the 17th after that. And then once we get into NASCAR, NASCAR season and dirt season picks and everything, we're going to start going every week. So a couple more, a couple more weeks and then we'll be back to every week. So we will be back again, like I said, on February 3rd. So as always, you guys, until then, thank you very much for joining us. Keith, my man, good talking to you. No, had fun. Yep, had fun. I'll see you again. I'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. And you guys, until then, as always, thank you very much for joining us and take care.